Welcome to episode 33 of Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer Podcast. I'm Jeff Brownson. And I'm Derek Dye, and together we're drinking our way through this amazing world one pint at a time. Whether you love to travel, you love a good local beer, or you just can't get enough of either, you're listening to the right podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. Our guest today is Richard Kerr. I'd be surprised if there are many of our Points listeners who don't know who Richard is, as he's been around our world for many years. But there are some of our beer listeners who may not recognize the name. By the time you're done listening to this episode, though, I think you'll understand why Richard is so well known. He's one of the few true experts in the travel rewards world, and he's always willing to share what he knows. Before we get to that interview, though, let's take a minute to thank our regular listeners. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. If you haven't already, click that button to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything we have coming down the line. And now, let's get to the good part. Sit back, relax, crack open your favorite brew, and enjoy our chat with Richard. Alright everyone, welcome to another great episode of Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. As always, I have Derek here with me. Well, not really here with me, but on the internet with me recording this episode. How are you doing tonight, Derek? Well, I'm not training to and from New York, coming home for 12 hours and then flying straight to Detroit for pizza and beer all weekend, so I'm doing pretty good. So you're relaxing just a little bit now as compared to last week? Yeah, you know, trying to catch up on sleep and actually do some real work. And we have a guest with us tonight who is the reason that Derek was training back and forth to New York and drinking for several days and having a good time up in New York. Uh, Someone who uh, some people call a legend in the award travel world. We have with us today Richard Kerr. Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, gents. Uh, I didn't know you were going through such uh, anguish last week, Derek. I I would have put you through a lot more had I known that you were going right to. <laughs> I, I, I would never use the word anguish to describe <laughs> hanging out with friends. So um, anguish is this week trying to recover. <laughs> nope, I'm right there with you. No, nope, appreciate you guys coming up last week. Had a lot of fun, um, and I still too am trying to recover with some extra sleep. I came home and I was laying on the couch watching TV and Derek was on a flight to Detroit, I think. And I was like, man, am I glad I'm not going there and I can just relax. I flew home late Thursday and like walked out to the car right as the sun had set. And that 35 minute drive home was getting a little sketchy <laughs> Thursday night where I was like, man, 15 more minutes. Come on, man. Hold it together. <laughs> So we'll get in a little more to why we were up in New York and, and what's going on currently with you in the world of travel and rewards and all that good stuff in a little bit. But I want to go back some because our podcast has a strange mix of listeners. Some people are reward travelers. Some people are just finance people. Those people really shouldn't listen to what we say. <laughs> and some people are strictly beer listeners who love the the episodes with brewers and things. So some of those people that are trending towards the beer listeners that we hope are coming along in the miles and points knowledge may not know who you are at this point. So I want to go way, way back to the first time that Richard heard about miles, points, and credit card rewards. Yeah, that was 2011. Um, I was in the Navy at the time, stationed out in Washington State, just outside of Seattle. My home's here in the Atlanta area, and uh, I remember 
Something had happened where we either came home from a deployment last minute or something, and my captain was like, hey, congratulations, everybody can go home. And it was like December 23rd. So my wife and I forked over, I don't remember how much the tail, the legend grows in my head, but it was something like three grand for two economy class tickets from Seattle to Atlanta to go home for Christmas. I hadn't seen my family in like a year, and I was obviously disgusted at like, number, like thanks, who gets, <laughs> like only the military to get told on December 23rd you can go home and choose between dropping all of your savings for the year as a, a young junior officer or not seeing your family for the holiday. So we paid that cash and I thought, you know what, there's gotta be a better way to do this. I just, I can't do this again. Being the, uh, some have called me rather frugal individual that I am, although I spend money all the time. So, <laughs> and, uh, that led me to some Google searches. I found flyer talk, um, found a few of the, the OG blogs out there. Dove in head first, picked up, I think, three or four credit cards for both my wife and I in 2011. So right at the beginning of 2012 after Christmas and never looked back. So I always tell people it was that a necessity that uh, found points and miles. Back in 2011, do you recall what your first award travel card was? Yeah, so I picked up the Chase Sapphire Preferred and the Delta Gold Amex. See, there's <laughs> a reason we talk about it every week, right? It was valid in 2011. It's still valid in 2021. I, I've been telling people, it's, I've got uh, just had a lively discussion, that first card that you recommend people. Anybody, the neighborhood, family, friends, going to 4th of July this weekend, I'll get asked 25 more times, what credit card should I get? Chase Sapphire Preferred. It's never, <laughs> never a wrong answer. And you know what I did in getting into your background here? First of all, I want to point out that I feel like I know you pretty well, and we've had a business together, and we've known each other for many years. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that story. Really? <laughs> so, not the answer I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Out of necessity from there. We kind of jumped right into the background, which was fully my fault, but we skipped right over one of the most important parts of this show, which is letting people know what we're drinking as we're recording here, because uh, I know the two of you, I, I'm not sure what Richard's going to be drinking, but I'm guessing Derek's probably got a beer after a long day of work, and I've definitely got one here. So, uh, Richard, we'll let you get started. What have you got there in the cup? Uh, I got a couple cans here in front of me. Um, so I'm, uh, as Jeff will attest to, and I was a bit ashamed after being invited on the Miles and Pints, Having listened to a few of y'all's episodes, um, the one up the the brewer in Maine, I think you did. Uh, I'm a crappy beer connoisseur. I, I love the crappy stuff. <laughs> it's just so good. So, uh, Yingling out of the can right here, the Costco special, the 25 pack for three dollars or whatever Costco sells. And then uh, right now, after a good Peloton ride, we have a Kirkland Signature Grapefruit Sparkling Water. So it's going to be a great combination tonight as we talk through <laughs> this episode. So grapefruit sparkling water and Yingling. You're welcome, uh, beer connoisseurs of the world. They've I'm already decided to link those up so people <laughs> yeah. can find them. Yeah. They've already turned the episode off. Yeah. Just don't make try and make those like a black and tan, and you'll probably be no, okay. There won't be any mixing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was a reason that I skipped that part. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. You knew that. I was. Coors Light for Life is always my thing. It's like I've just it's my uh, my comfort spot. And Derek, what do you have going today, Jeff? I'm staying local with a. Uh, Eastern Shore uh, Brewery, Big Oyster Brewing, over in Lewis, Delaware. Uh, the Delaware Dreamsicle IPA, uh, double dry hopped uh, with lactose. Uh, really, really good, really smooth, and a bunch of uh, citrus flavors. I am actually staying local also, but local to you and not local to me. And I'm drinking one of the RAR out-of-order beers that you dropped off at my house before we recorded uh, the last couple of podcasts. Nice. Which one? 
Well, what's fun about this Out of Order series is some of them have names so that you kind of know what they're going to be. Like there's a cherry dipped cone or a strawberry cheesecake. This one is simply called You're Killing Me Smalls. From the Sandlot series. Yeah, but what does that taste like? (laughs) Yeah, it could be a lot of things. Probably a lot we don't want to talk about on podcast. Yeah, so I mean, I tasted it. I was like, well, that tastes, you know, fruity pastry I had to look it up I didn't know what it was and I never in a million years would have placed it but now that I looked it up I can taste every one of these flavors but it was conditioned on banana marshmallow milk chocolate and graham cracker so it's a banana s'mores beer and it's I can now every taste I'm like oh that's the banana oh there's the marshmallow yeah but I needed it in my head before I could figure it out probably because I've never had a banana s'mores beer before but it's quite tasty, like all of their out-of-order series. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> There's such thing as a banana s'mores beer. We've gotten about as far from Coors Light as we can get there, I think. Which was part of the reason I picked this beer, because it was just so <laughs> ridiculous. The watermelon beer that we had late uh, at the hotel, that was delicious. What I think that was, that was watermelon beer you had, right? Oh, yeah. It was a, a watermelon wit from Solace Brewing, which is one that's real close. It's like a mile and a half from my house, the Solace that's- Outpost. It was tasty. That's a, that is a tasty one. Okay, now that we took that tangent, we'll go back to the history of Richard. And you mentioned that you got those first couple cards. You were in the Navy. It wasn't too long until you started. I mean, you fell down the rabbit hole. You found a couple of blogs. You went on Flyer Talk. I have to believe you probably read every single thing that was out there on the internet about this. <laughs> And all of a sudden you thought, I need to teach people how to do this. Where did that transition come in? Yeah, something like that. Um, so right after being stationed outside of Seattle, which was about as far away as my parents and my in-laws thought we were going to go, uh, we took off to Japan for three years after that. So getting back and forth um, and then traveling all over Asia provided a really unique opportunity to get into partner programs and just really dive as deep as you could into at least the redemption side, which has always kind of been my largest interest on how you maximize these points and miles got really good at it over the course 2011 12 and 13 for i don't know it just clicked with my head i really enjoyed it award availability at the time wasn't a problem when you're traveling around asia on american points and miles there's nobody to compete with so a lot of people started seeing my stuff on facebook started asking a bunch of questions friends and family and um i thought let me start uh, a website. So um, you may have not even been around for uh, the Points Jack, <laughs> which was my first blog combining my love of sports and points and miles and travel. And then from there, I thought, you know what? Why not try and make a little bit of money uh, on this? And uh, I had way more time than I knew what to do with after being on submarine for three years and deployed, sitting around at the house without any kids at that time. Thought, you know, let's make a little side change. So put together a webinar uh, class called Travel Hacking 101. Um, put it out there on a few forums and friends that I'd gotten to know in the points and miles world and uh, started down, got the first students, got the first uh, folks to give me some money, <laughs> which I think it was like, it was something silly. It was like 50 bucks for an eight-week class, like in-person live that I taught like this. Um, so it was just like way underpriced. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's where it all started. That's how I got started teaching. Still friends with a lot of folks from that very first cohort that came through Travel Hacking 101. And yeah, you said that I probably wasn't around then. I was not when you were doing the points jock, but I was when it still existed and definitely have taken a look at some of that. 
And I remember when I first met you, we were emailing you. I think it was Richard at the points com. There's no Dylan. I, so I it's still, there's... yeah, it's still in my address book on my phone, probably. Uh, there's still, I have a few posts saved and they're just not very good. Um, but they think it's just what, you know, started the journey. So nothing but love for the points, Jack. Um, continue all history from there. I uh, wanted a place for my alumni of my class. The alumni, yeah, we're just as powerful as the Wharton alumni. So watch out for the Travel Hacking 101 alumni. <laughs> uh, started a. Uh, at the time, Facebook groups had just come out, and they, they're a shell of what they are now. Um, but they were free, and it was a community place. So I started a Facebook group called Travel Hacking 101, added all the alumni from my first cohort to that. I remember after like a few weeks, all of a sudden, join requests started coming up from people. I don't know um, how they found me over Facebook, but I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's just add all these people. And like really quickly, we got up to a thousand folks and I was posting every day and people were seemingly loving it. And at the time there was like, it was the only Facebook group for points and miles and took off from there. And I think it was a combination of being really nerdy and in depth in the weeds that had success as well as just being a regular dude, like sharing stuff about my, having my first son in Japan and telling really cheesy jokes. I mean, that resonated with people. That's the only thing I can think about. And like Jeff, I was not present for the point shock time frame. But I was aware of it because I remember way back when buying a Travel Hacking 101 luggage tag. Did you? And the payment went to the Points Jock LLC. Yeah, uh, I think I, I coded that store's travel as uh, well. I was like, <laughs> yes, sir, you did, as as any a good word hacker would at the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it was it was great times um, thinking about over that, and it's literally people who've been friends for geez, I don't know, like Jeff, how long we met in 2014 or 15. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a long time ago. And that was because Dia Adams, who is now a, an editor at Forbes Advisor, was doing a small little thing, that uh, a little weekend thing that she called family travel for real life because she got very frustrated by people saying that families should go and stay in these luxurious places and enjoy these luxurious things and do these wonderful dinners and stuff when she had small kids. And she was like, I can't do that with my kids. So she did these seminars, and the first time I met you, Richard, was actually at a, we went out for lunch at a Mexican restaurant before those seminars. You had flown over from Japan for some some meeting, and you also stopped by, and you were going to speak at that, and I don't even remember what restaurant it was, but we had tacos and and guacamole and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I I could get to know this guy. He seems cool. I remember I forgot about the lunch, man. Yeah, it was my first uh I think in person points of miles thing. Derek, I didn't know you ordered the original TH one oh one luggage tag that was paper and people immediately wrote me two days later after the first flight and say, Can I have my money back? This paper thing broke and fell off my suitcase. And For the like, record, I did not email about that and that tag still exists somewhere. Although I'm not sure I could pull it out on demand, but because it got fell a off his luggage somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it is in my house was, currently. That was V1. We upgraded from V1 there. Um, so, yeah, I still have a few of them in my closet and as well as some other you know, memorabilia from events and things I did. And it's just really been a wild journey. But it's been fun. The closest friends I have now are all virtual points and miles people that I've known for years. And, uh, yeah, we could talk for a long time about how awesome this community is. So let's move along in the timeline. Jeff and I are familiar with it, but for our listeners that aren't, obviously uh, travel hacking became a big thing. And tell us about how it uh, transformed to uh, its current self and then how you um, you know, moved on with that company. 
yeah, we'll we'll jump through the next uh, five years. I got to a point where Travel Hacking 101 had thankfully and gratefully grown large enough that uh, I started wanting to do some partnerships with people, some events, but that hacking name kept coming up in conversation after conversation with some negative connotations um, and I eventually had to make a decision that, you know, we've got to rebrand this thing um, so that uh, the business opportunity was going to be out there. I remember a lot of him and hauling over this, my original moderators and folks. Um, so we changed it to Award Travel 101, went through the entire actually trademark process and got that registered trademark, um, which didn't think was even going to be done because it's so generic. Got to a point um, where I was ready to leave the Navy. I'd done Japan and then I'd done Washington, D.C. for two years. And they said, congrats, it's time to go back to an aircraft carrier and basically not exist for three years. Had a one and a three-year-old at the time and thought, no way, points and miles is way more fun than not existing for the next three years with my young ones and missing those formative years. So um, was lucky enough to put together a deal with Award Wallet. Alexi, the CEO and founder over there, uh, sold Award Travel 101 and then got to stay on as the community manager. So it was like the best of both worlds where <laughs> I'd sold the business but still got to pretty much run it on a day-to-day basis. You continued to grow, did awesome, um, did amazing. We even had the Super Bowl parties with Barclays and just really a uh, fun time to look back on and look at the things we did. Uh, eventually got to a point, however, where in America being a freelancer, being an independent contractor and working for yourself, um, health insurance is a thing that you have to have, especially if your son happens to have an autoimmune disorder. So got to the point where my young son needed a lot of medical attention um, and it was just going to – it was it was time to go and look for a job that had health insurance and that's something we could have an entire podcast about the american health system but that's for another time and day and at that point i've been writing for the points guy brian kelly for about uh see it was 2019 so uh, about four years i've been writing for him on the side freelancing this where i really built a lot of my name writing the in-depth nerdy pieces about how to maximize points and miles and then an opinion column um, Brian had been trying to get me to come on for years, but I was loving doing my own thing too much that, uh, you know, Red Ventures, uh, the parent company of the points guy had bought them by that time and was offering a really competitive, uh, benefits package that was going to ensure my son was taken care of. So I had to do every founder and entrepreneur's worst nightmare and just, you know, sit down with my wife and decide like, are we going to keep going after this? And, you know, it's got momentum. It could probably turn into something big one day. But uh, our son needs help right now. So I decided that it was in the best interest for us financially and as a family that uh, I would have to leave award travel uh, one-on-one and go take a job um, with the points guy. And just, again, very fortunate that uh, Brian and team was there waiting, you know, like excited. (laughs) They were sad for the reason why I finally had to come over there, but they were also, you know, trying pretty hard not to share their excitement, which was, again, just lucky and the world's really lined up for me for those things to happen. So, um, decided that I was going to have to leave, going to look for somebody to take over that, uh, war travel one-on-one group when Mr. Jeff Brownson did that. Um, I remember sitting in your living room and doing that podcast. Uh, we had the war travel one-on-one podcast and introducing Jeff and handing that over. Um, and then I took off for the points guy and red ventures where I did a lot over the last two years. It was almost exactly two years. Uh, I'm no longer with them. That was a decision I made after being in the points and miles game for, you know, almost 10 years coming on this year. I was looking for a new challenge and uh, was really kind of getting burnt out on the media grind, was really getting burnt out on kind of doing some of the same things. So I decided that uh, I was going to leave the points guy for a summer of golf, getting my golf game back, recharging. My son doing very well and no longer needing those expensive treatments, which he did get as soon as we started at the points guy and, and significantly improved his 
autoimmune conditions. So, you know, after two years and a year and a half of making sure my son was okay and that things were looking well, decided, hey, what, I'm, I'm going to go strike out again. Uh, I just love, you know, being in a high energy environment where you kind of control your own destiny. And it's a really long way of saying I left the point sky, had two days off my, my summer of golf and uh, RV trips has gone away. But that's because the founder it built uh, gave me a phone call. And now we've, uh, as of recording this one week ago today, launched Built Rewards. So that was a really long story cover five years. And before we get to your current venture, I have to uh, politely request on the spot a uh, Miles and Pints exclusive. We need to confirm or dispel rumors that the reason Jeff became the new operator of Award Travel 101 is because he is also bald and has a beard. <laughs> it feels like it's fitting, not, right? You're hand, handing was, it off to the next guy that's bald with a beard. At the time, I was not bald. I was just receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> very, very much, very sadly, because both my brothers still have beautiful, long, full locks of hair, and I missed the gene pool on that one. Uh, so when I handed over Jeff, was not bald. That was very much a COVID decision for me where last april or may i looked in the mirror with that that sucker going right half the head and was like i'm done with this i'm just not gonna do it anymore and for our listeners that aren't familiar with the three of us i can say while looking at all three of us here (laughs) uh, on on screen while recording this podcast we are all three uh bald mostly uh shaved heads and we all have beards in some varying stage of (laughs) of being trimmed so we all find each other no matter where we go the bald bearded guys find each other yes and we fit in well with the world of beer in this state also uh i would like to point out that when we were up in new york last week at that launch party which we'll talk more about in a minute here um someone did come up to me and ask if i was richard and i had to bring her over and introduce her to you and that was, was like uh, yeah Erica, no, it's still yeah. happening but uh i just want to take a minute to point out to people we went really quickly through that when Award Travel 101 became a part of Award Wallet to when you left and went to the Points Guy and then left the Points Guy. But I want people to understand the community community that you had built there at Award Travel 101. When you left, there were, I think, I don't know, I'm, it may be off by a few thousand either way, but around 60,000 people in that group. It was a massive group that you were running with a team of moderators. It was just a a huge thing in a community that there have been so, so many people that learned how to travel with miles and points and credit card rewards because of what you built there. So first of all, thank you for building that. Second, thank you for tapping me to take that over. It was a great experience until COVID kind of shut that opportunity down. But it was, I mean, it's something that you built and seeing how that was done, I can't help but get excited about the next things that you're involved in because I know they're going to get big and huge and help a lot of people. No, thanks, man. It, there's nothing more rewarding than, you know, paychecks and benefits and all the physical things that we get in life are great, but having people reach out and say thanks or having the group of friends that I have now because of that stuff is like the best thing ever. Um, and it's all because we get to travel and do stuff that 98% of us should have no business doing right. <laughs> That's really awesome what we get to do. So I appreciate that. And I just want everybody to know it goes right back. Like it's, it was the most fun, cool thing ever. And, you know, I look forward to hopefully um, doing it again. So now you're a part of this Built Rewards. Derek and I know a little bit about it. We actually know quite a bit about it because you reached out to us pre-launch and gave us some of the information so that we could help spread the word about it. We were up in New York for the launch party. 
But take us through, you said you got a call from the founder of Built Rewards, and it seems very quickly you became a part of this. How did, how, why was that decision so easy? How, what are they building? What were they building? And how did you know you wanted to be on board right away? Yeah, so for everybody who hasn't heard of Built Rewards yet, we've essentially launched our own loyalty program, a co-branded card that lets anybody earn rewards on rent without paying any fees. So you've perhaps been able to pay your landlord with a credit card to pay your rent, but they put that 3% fee or something on there that makes it uh, not worthwhile. It you know, gets rid of any rewards you would have gained. You can do it through Built and earn points. Um, so that alone is exciting because of the potential scale we're talking about, right? And we have a World Elite MasterCard that's no annual fee. Anytime you get a name like MasterCard behind you, you the scale is there. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd been, uh, <laughs> I had had uh, my last day at the Point Sky on uh, Monday. I was sitting at uh, our mutual friend Howie Rappaport's house down in Savannah playing golf exactly like I had planned to do. And my phone went off and said, hey, will you take a call with me? Um, my name's Ocker Jane, and I really quickly Googled this gentleman up, 31-year-old savant that had started and sold multiple companies, Wharton graduate, VP of product at Tinder, had had his first company acquired, but not his first company, but one of his companies acquired by Tinder, and it started this new incubator called Kairos, and I thought, well, if this guy's texting me, it's probably worth me taking a call. He introduced the program to me. He introduced the transfer partners, um, the team that he had built around him, and my immediate boss, the gentleman named Dave Canty, who started multiple successful loyalty programs. It took me about 30 seconds to say, uh, what are you doing for dinner, um, man? Let me fly up to New York City tomorrow and uh, have dinner with you. So I did that. After hearing the program, seeing it, um, the transfer partners, if you're in the points and miles world listening to this, you know, we have American Airlines and Hyatt amongst five other airlines um, as one-to-one transfer partners that transfer uh, instantly, except for AAs every 24 hours. Got excited, went up, had dinner with Anker in New York City, talked to this guy who just, I mean, his his reputation kind of spoke for himself, but once you sit down and have a long meal and go in the office and talk to him for a few hours, see the things he's done, the people he knows, the the talent and the energy that he has never stops going 120 miles an hour. You are you just want to be a part of whatever he's, he's putting down. And I've seen it already in six or seven weeks I've been working now when somebody's he can convince you <laughs> he's he's great at selling the product he has because it's an awesome product and i just knew that was, yeah so he called me the next morning when i was driving home from the atlanta airport after flying back um, really early after dinner and said well i want you to come be a part of this um as director of travel rewards you're going to create content you're going to create a community uh, you're going to manage relationships you're going to make this program the coolest loyalty program ever and i was like well, giddy up man that sounds like an opportunity for me so Let's i tried to play it cool it. He, he's gonna be listening to this I, so Anker, I, yeah I, I played it cool and i was like yeah give me 24 hours to uh, talk it over to my wife you know we'll let you know tomorrow and talk to some people <laughs> in my head i was like of course like <laughs> so sorry Anker, i had to had to do that to you but now you know me man so <laughs> um yeah what an opportunity you guys came up last week we did the formal launch um so I'll probably worth giving folks a quick, very brief rundown of the program and how it works. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Give a, a quick yeah. rundown of the program. We will definitely link to that. I know Derek's written up a post about it. We'll, there'll be links everywhere going to all aspects of the Built Rewards and the Built Card. But yeah, just for the people who are listening and can't be clicking those links because they're driving or flying yeah. or whatever, go ahead and run through just a, a basic of what the program is and why anyone who rents should be joining it. Yeah, so um, the Built Rewards Loyalty Program is a standalone third-party loyalty program, um, and you can participate in basically two different ways. 
The Built Rewards Alliance is a network of landlords that we built across the country. Right now, it's about 2 million apartments. It's the largest names that you've heard of if you're even a renter before. The Candoms, the Gothams, the uh, Starwoods of the World related uh, group. They're all our partners. And you can move into one of their buildings and you can start earning uh, built points for good activities like, hey, thanks for signing a lease. Here's a bonus. Thanks for renewing a lease. Here's a bonus. Thanks for paying rent six months on time. Here's a bonus. Hey, here's built status, which we'll cover in a second. Or you can just pay your rent through the Built Rewards app from your checking account. If you live in the Built Rewards Alliance and you get a flat 250 built points per month. So if you live in the, in the network, you can participate without being a credit card holder. If you live in any other um, property in the U.S., you can get the Built Rewards MasterCard, uh, which gives you access to our app, and you can pay your rent on the Built Rewards MasterCard through our app. We will mail your landlord a check, and you will earn points on your rent, as well as anywhere you use the Built MasterCard, anywhere MasterCard's accepted, which you guys know is like everywhere. So um, if you do live, that's how you basically do it, in-network or out-of-network. If you're in-network, you can also, of course, get the Built Rewards MasterCard and earn even more points. We hope it kind of becomes a no-brainer for people once they see how many more points they can earn if they're a Built MasterCard holder. And you can earn up to 2x points on your rent, depending on how much non-rent spend you put on the card a month. So anywhere from $250 a month all the way up to $3,500 a month in non-rent spend dictates how many points you earn the next month. We got a sign up bonus, three X points on your first month's rent, two X points on all spend for the first 30 days. After that, anywhere you use a built card, one uh, X points. So what we did there is create a program that you got to engage in on a monthly basis in order to maximize how much you get on rent. So uh, that really quickly, ladies and gents, is, is the bare bones of built rewards. And one thing that I want to hit that you didn't mention here, but you mentioned before, and I think is a huge thing, for people who have been paying rent with credit cards in the past is that if you're using that built MasterCard to pay your rent and they're sending a check, you are paying no fees on that, correct? No fees to participate in the program or to hold the credit card ever period, um, except for the fees you would find on any other credit card. So if you don't pay your balance in full, if you pay late, that kind of stuff, you're going to pay the typical fees. Otherwise, there's no annual fee, there's no membership fee, there's no check fee, there's no percentage on your rent there's there's nothing there's no added cost to you uh, and no added cost to the landlord i gotta be honest i'm a little jealous since we started going over this program and when you first sent it to us because i don't rent a house i own a house which sometimes i hate and sometimes i like but it makes me want to go out and rent an apartment somewhere (laughs) yeah we've had people say that and then we've had people ask every 30 seconds for the last week uh when am i going to be able to pay my mortgage with this and while right now our target market is renters i'll just tell everybody to stay tuned and uh don't ignore the program if you're not a renter Um, and the three of us here are obviously points and miles nerds. Uh, we love to, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you love the redemption side, as do I. I love memorizing award charts. But we also uh, all got where we are because we understand the value of points and figuring out the ways to maximize things. And I wrote this down um, in a post, as Jeff alluded to, in Travel on Points. All the major blogs have covered it. Richard has spoken in the award travel forums for the last week or so uh, in all the major groups and blogs to cover it. When you max out your rent spend at $2,000 and you hit that top tier earning at of 2X, which requires $3,500 a month in non-rent spend, your return on that total $5,500 spend is as good or better than you can get on most of the multiplier cards, we call them, in the award travel space. Those that would get 
you know, more than one X on that spend. Yeah, if you actually do the math, because this is a conversation I've had a lot, at first glance, people in the points and miles world have kind of said, ah, it's a 1X card, not really exciting to me, but it's because they haven't done the math, right? So any other rewards earning card, you're missing out on your largest monthly expense if you're a renter. You're not earn, you're earning zero on that. That means the amount that you have to spend on a 1.5X card or a 2% cashback card grows exponentially to make up the rewards that you earn on built rewards. So I just went and finally made a quick spreadsheet that shows no matter what your rent is and no matter what built status you have, which dictates how many points you earn on rent, you come out ahead with the built card versus a 1.5x or a 2% cashback card. I understand that there are many of us who hold multiple credit cards in your wallet. If you're a person that jumps from sign-up bonus to sign-up bonus or you're a person that has nine credit cards in your wallet to maximize every dollar spent, I'm never going to create a single product that becomes the best card for you, and I'm not after that. Because the vast majority of Americans are not like us. The vast majority of Americans don't sign up for 14 credit cards a year. So diehard points and miles people, I've heard you loud and clear that you think like this isn't for you. Hey, that's fine. I appreciate it. But just do the math before making blanket statements of, hey, this isn't for X, Y, or Z. Because you come out ahead versus some of the top rewards earning cards. And even if you're talking about something like an Amex Gold that gets 4X on groceries and dining, because you get zero points on rent with an MX Gold, you better be spending a lot on dining and groceries in order to make up for that. Because when you do the math with the built card, the fact that we throw in up to 2x points on your largest monthly expense, the math kind of speaks for itself. So that's my hard pitch in my sell to the points and miles world. Is just take a look at that math real quick before you start making blanket statements that a 1x card, quote unquote, is not exciting. Yeah. And my hot take on it was uh, for those that aren't in travel on points and or didn't see my post about it is obviously this card isn't for everyone. It's also not a card. I think that the points and miles people should be putting all of their spend on, but is it worth that 3,500 spend for the top tier, uh, rent earnings of two X? If you have a, a rent payment, I think it absolutely is, especially if you're over 524. So that was my take in Travel on Points. If you haven't read that, go over and see it. Most of the big blogs, uh, uh, I know specifically Frequent Miler, has uh, come to the same conclusion. For a lot of us, even you know people that spend a lot of money uh, in the word travel space, it's still a card that deserves a spot in your wallet. There's some other things that we're going to be doing, right? So my my boss, Dave Canty, again, he started Starwood Preferred Guest in 2000. He started JetBlue TrueBlue in 2009. He ran IHG Rewards Club. He started a couple other loyalty programs. He designed this. There's a team of three of us on the on the loyalty program side of Built Rewards because it takes, obviously, an army of teams to make a credit product. If we need to make a change, we're going to make a change. If there's something cool we can do, we're going to do it. Without letting any beans out today, I was on the phone with a couple of our partners today, and we already got cool things lined up to keep the buzz around this thing going. And it's something I'll tell you that these partners have never done with anybody else and that we are uh, a new and exciting partner for them, and they're just as excited to work with us. So you're not going to be able to participate in these things that anybody listening to this podcast would want to unless you're at least a Built Rewards member, right? If you're living in the Alliance, you can do that. Or if you're a Built MasterCard holder, no matter where you live, um, it's going to be fun things with some of our transfer and travel partners. And there's routinely going to be Easter eggs. But if we see that things aren't working the way that we want and that our card holders and our members aren't happy, Tina, Dave, and I are going to sit down and go, hey, what can we do to make this right? And we're going to count on listeners of this podcast and Derek and Jeff to tell us, like, hey, this is the buzz. This is the word. You guys need to fix this. And we're going to go, okay. <laughs> but we think we've started off on a pretty solid foot. 
I think so too. And one of the things that a lot of the award travelers and people who are have said that this card isn't worth it are the kind of people who want to take advantage of it and earn a million points and <laughs> bankrupt your company. Yeah. And it, I, we've said before on the podcast, like, no, this, this isn't for that. And you told us when, I mean, when we had our first call about it, I think the first five questions I asked you were like loopholes that I potentially saw. And you were like, nope, blocked, nope, blocked, nope, we've thought of that, nope, we're not doing that. So it's, I mean, it's a, a well-designed product. You mentioned your boss has, like, he started Starwood. He started, and let's have a moment of silence for Starwood because... Rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, one of the loyalty programs that those of us in, who have been in the points world for a while love the most and still mourn the loss of every time we get Bon Void. Yeah. <laughs> Even SPG was Bon Void, right? <laughs> yeah, and poor I think poor Dave probably was too, and that's why he's not there anymore. But I mean, it's just it's a card that is going to be great for so many Americans and a rewards program that is going to be so great for so many Americans. And we haven't even really talked about what you do with these points. We mentioned a couple of transfer partners. We mentioned how to earn them. We mentioned uh, some possible promotions that'll be going. But once you have these points, what are the options for using them? Yeah. Sustainable. First of all, sustainable program was something we're after. We've seen some products launch in the last few months where they come out with huge numbers, but we've already begun to see them kind of sputter when it comes to the customer experience and actually following through with rewards that they've offered. And it was not something I was interested in getting into. So everything we are doing is very specific and measured. And um, I did come in and try and break the program the first two weeks I worked for Built Rewards, doing some of the, the things that I would foresee people doing. That's probably bad news to some people listening here, but hey, I'm, I'm in the business of making a sustainable business, as I've said a lot. So I'm sorry, everybody, you can't game our program to make us go bankrupt, but that's very uh, on purpose. That, however, does not mean that it's not going to be incredibly rewarding. Um, and something our founder, Anker, likes to say is that hiring me gives the Points and Miles community their first chance to be on the inside of designing a loyalty program, which is why I've been harping on everybody to tell me the feedback. Um, so um, that's been a really fun part. When it comes to redeeming them, yeah, we have transfer partners, one-to-one, uh, seven airlines, and the World of Hyatt as the launch hotel partner. Our airlines, like we've mentioned, American Airlines, Aeroplan, Emirates, Hawaiian Airlines, Flying Blue, which is a loyalty program for KLM and Air France, um, Turkish Airlines, which has some phenomenal uses to fly, uh, Star Alliance partners, and then uh, I think I said Hawaiian. Did I say Hawaiian? Hawaiian Airlines is number seven. And then so one-to-one transfer, 1,000-point increments. Transfers are instant except to uh, – American, which are every 24 hours. On top of that, we haven't really talked about the main mission of Built and why it's called Built, which is getting the next generation of Americans into home ownership. You can actually use your Built points towards the down payment of a house at one up to 1.5 cents each. So you're thinking 2x on rent, that's 3.5% cash back potentially towards the down payment of a house for every month that you rent with us for no fee. I'm really excited about that. You can also use your points towards your next month's rent. When you go to pay rent in the Built app, you can toggle a little switch on. It'll tell you how many points for how much credit varies depending on our landlords, uh, individual landlords and the deal that they've signed with us. Uh, You can redeem for fitness classes, so SoulCycle, Y7 Hot Yoga, and Rumble Boxing, big in uh, the large cities and markets out there. And the last one is uh, what we call the Built Collection. So we've gone and commissioned uh, a rising artist out of Albania, really awesome guy. We've got a documentary up about him on our YouTube channel. 
and he's created home decor that will be applicable to uh, the Gen Zers out there and the folks that need conversation pieces in their apartments. And it's just really cool stuff. We're not talking like when you go to the Sears catalog and you find blenders and like <laughs> office like trinkets. It's very specific, well done, um, great stuff. And we got the first videos up of of the collection pieces, like uh, a whiskey uh, highball glass set. That's pretty cool. That uh, people have already shown a lot of excitement for. So, homeownership, rent, travel rewards, and then fitness and collection are the way that you can use those points. You and I. Folks listening know the value of those transfer partners, and that's where my points are going to go. But we think there's a lot to be said for the next generation of homeownership based on years, months of rent paid um, that we're excited about. Now, those of us in the word travel space, we always have the running jokes and sort of cry when we see people redeem all of their Chase Ultimate Rewards or Amex Membership Rewards for gift cards or a blender or an iPod or any of those things. With you here, give us a little insight. What does Built see as what their customers will use their points for. Do they expect most will save it for home ownership? Do they expect most will use it for next month's rent? What are, what are you looking for? Yeah, so we have some really good guesses, and we finally have our first week of data to look at. The first thing we want to do is we want people to engage with the program and make a redemption within the first 30 days. It's kind of our, our goal, and we've, we feel like we've set up some, some ways to do that. Uh, instant gratification of getting a set of whiskey glasses, getting something off your next month's rent. Because when people redeem, that's when they're most engaged with the program and likely to keep it top of mind and reuse it again. So we want to see people redeem quick. On the other hand, we would like to be see those as measured redemptions. We want people to wipe their accounts out because we want people to see value of home ownership um, down the line. We recognize it's not going to be for everybody. We recognize people don't see themselves as necessarily wanting to ever own a home and that travel is most important for them. So obviously our, our travel partners and us would love to see uh, miles uh, transferred in uh, to those programs as well. So it's a really long way of saying we want to see a mix. We want to see people engage with the program in the first 30 days, and we want to see some quick redemptions. And then we want to see those accounts get built up for home ownership. Um, and my job is to create content and education stuff around that's going to tell the next generation of points and miles people who have no idea what a Turkish and miles miles is, why I should, why they should transfer their boat points into Turkish, right? So we want to see a mix, but we really want to see people engage with the program in the first 30 days is what we're, what we're looking for. And now you've already given us a little bit of this, but I want to, I always like to be the first to hear about things and Thank you very much for contacting us so that I was one of the first to hear about Built Rewards. But are there any hints that you can leak about what's coming down the line that we can drag out of you over a beer and a seltzer and maybe find <laughs> out a little bit of something or a hint about what we can look for in some of those cool uh, opportunities with the partners? Yeah, Um I'll tell you that the, the transfer partner list you see today will not be the same one that you probably see this time next year um we're excited about number one being intentional right so dave again my boss has always said like we don't want to create this smorgasbord of blender options and like you're not going to see gift card as an option anytime soon on built rewards we want to be intentional in what we're doing so when we talk about the potential of a new transfer partner and when we talk about the potential of a new uh, fitness partner or something like it's very specific as to like why like <laughs> like state your case why so that we don't just have this 
you know, if you go to some of the large banks' websites and you see all the redemption options, they're just massive lists, and then there's no context around why you may or may not want to do this. And maybe that's intentional, but that's not really what we want to do. We want to show value of why this is a relatable option to you. So um, you can think about that and kind of take it whichever way you want when you think about why a transfer partner should or shouldn't be added and who we may or may not be wanting to talk to Um and the changes you might want to see there, you know, I assume that that means spirit airlines is going to be added almost <laughs> immediately. Right. You know, have does anybody transfer to a low cost carrier right now? No, they don't. Why is that? Uh, what, what, cause the miles what, expire in like 15 minutes. Not anymore. Not with spirit. <laughs> Thank spirit did have a 90 day expiration policy, but they don't anymore. But is that something to look at? Is there a reason why renters would want a low cost carrier to be a transfer partner? I'm not saying we have, or haven't looked at this. I'm just saying these are the conversations of that, is that an intentional move that adds value to our members and creates incentive to be a built rewards member and user for a large subsection of the United States? No, but maybe like spirits, obviously the first one to return to profitability and number one carrier and on time arrivals and departures for a reason. And they've got a, a loyal user base. Is that something we should add? I don't know, but these are kinds of conversations to have. And then I got to say selfishly being on the other side now and seeing the economics of a loyalty program, seeing, how these things are built and put together. It's just absolutely fascinating. It's been like scratching a 10 year itch for me <laughs> to get to have these conversations and insights um, about what can we do from a business perspective that will generate value for our members. And it's a lot of fun. So the transfer partner list, you asked what probably the best you're going to get out of me tonight is the transfer partner list. You see today is not a stagnant list, although we're incredibly excited about our launch partners. Um, and, and doing some amazing things with those folks. And then uh, some of the activations coming up. Yeah, there's going to be some hype and some buzz around some limited time things that you got to be ready for. There's going to be some uh, charity and social responsibility aspects that are going to give you the opportunity and the chance, chance, if you see what I'm saying there, at doing some fun things uh, at a weekend coming up over the next couple months with the built team and some of our transfer partners. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'll leave it. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming down the line. Definitely something that we should keep an eye on. Definitely, uh, anyone who rents in the U S should be paying attention to this program and, and pay attention to it often because I'm telling you that our, our founder and my boss, they love Easter eggs. So, um, don't like not open the built app for a few days at a time. You're going to miss out. To find all the best stuff, constantly pay attention to your built app and uh, keep using FOMO, that FOMO, FOMO. Did I give anybody FOMO yet? <laughs> yes, FOMO. that's the goal. I, but, like- I mean, honestly, Richard, congratulations on you, you. You spent so much time hacking travel and maximizing travel rewards and teaching people about it. And you, you kind of said it as like an internal happiness of getting over to the other side and getting to build one of these loyalty programs. But I mean, that's a huge deal that you have built up enough knowledge that someone would say, oh, yeah, this is the guy who's going to help us make sure that this program is sustainable and works well and is exciting for people. So huge congratulations. I know Derek and I were super impressed in talking to the different people from Kairos and from Built when we were up there. I had a couple of minutes to talk to uh, anchor Jane a couple of times during that, which I thought was ridiculous. Cause I mean, why would he talk to me? But just the enthusiasm and his, that's what he does. He will his, talk to anybody about built for hours. <laughs> his ultimate belief in this program was just so exciting to see. So, uh, it's a great product and we're super excited to help you bring this to launch and let people know about it. 
yeah, appreciate it. Really, the only ask is uh, give us the feedback. Um, if if there's travel on points, if there's miles and points, listeners and readers and members of Derek's Facebook group that are renters, and you, uh, we are clearing people off the wait list as fast as we can. The interest has been awesome. Um, reach out through Derek or Jeff or me directly anytime and let us know. Like, don't don't suffer in silence, as my father always told me growing up. Like, speak up. <laughs> you got a direct path anytime you want it to tell me what is is and isn't that working with built so there you go there's your invitation to go get the credit card and uh spend on it as you wish and then provide feedback good or bad preferably the bad because that's what they want to right that's the feedback you want so you can fix it very much uh it's gonna be a wild journey ahead As always, such a great conversation with Richard, and I know we talked on last week's Miles and Points with Pints a little bit about that Built Rewards and the Built Card program, but I'm super excited about that program because it's such a great thing for so many people who are putting so much of their money each month into rent, and I I couldn't be happier for Richard to be a part of that company. Always great to have a talk with him. But let's get now into some updates in the credit cards, and we've got a big one today, and that is the Amex Platinum card. We've heard rumors, Derek. We've heard a lot of rumors for a long time, and most of them, unfortunately, were correct. Yeah. I mean, unless unless you like $700 annual fees, uh, this is probably bad news for most of us. The changes, uh, the personal MX Platinum, that would include the Charles Schwab as well, and I assume the Morgan Stanley. I haven't heard anything differently. The annual fee is going up from $550 per year to $695 per year. Uh, You do get some additional benefits, which some people may find helpful and some people may absolutely hate. You will receive a $200 credit for booking fine Hort for booking fine hotels and resorts through the Amex Travel Portal. That is for hotels only. You can't book airfare. A $200 hotel credit for fine hotels and resorts. That's annually. You get a $179 clear credit annually to offset your clear membership. And then you get several monthly credits. You get $20 per month credit for Audible, the New York Times digital subscription, Sirius XM, or Peacock. And then the last credit uh, that is being added is a $25 monthly credit for Equinox, which I'm sort of clueless on this one, Jeff, but I believe it's some type of gym equipment or gym membership. Uh, The good news out of this is that the other benefits are staying the same for now. That would be the $200 annual airline incidental credit, and the $200 per year Uber slash Uber Eats credit, which is $15 a month and then $30 per month in December. So a lot to process, a bunch of new credits, but again, an increase on the annual fee of $145, Jeff. And, I mean, it was already uh, tied for the most expensive uh, annual fee for a personal card to begin with. So to jump up another... $145 is just massive. And we've heard people comparing this to they're turning our beloved platinum card into a glorified coupon book. 
and it's it's nice to see them adding benefits but if that annual fee just keeps going up it just becomes it's almost like they want you to jump through hoops all year long to try to get the value out of this card and maybe that's it maybe they want it in your wallet maybe they want you thinking about it all the time so that you can get enough value to make it worth paying that annual fee but it used to be you paid a high annual fee you got some benefits that weren't available anywhere else and it was worth it for that membership and for the value you got out of the card and now some of these benefits they're adding is it still going to be worth it probably i see a lot of people saying that they're going to cancel their card but you said it's it goes up 145 dollars if you value clear membership which I've never had, but I'm excited to get. That's a $179 credit. Would you pay $179? Not if you're a Delta Elite. Not I mean, there's many ways to get discounts for that. Just yesterday, I think there was a three-month summer offer for free clear that came out. So yeah. probably not really worth $179, but that's a benefit that I'll use. The fine hotels and resorts, I have never booked a hotel through that. Maybe I should have. I don't know. Will I try and find a $200 hotel night to use? Yes, but again, it's another thing that's kind of a pain to use. What really gets me on this is you presented it as a $20 a month credit, or they're saying it's a $240 a year, same thing, and they're calling it a digital entertainment credit, but then it's only for four things. (laughs) I don't use Audible. I don't read the New York Times. What I'll do if I keep my Platinum card, I will probably subscribe to Sirius XM for both of our cars. We had let that go because we didn't value it that much. I already have a year- yearly membership to Peacock, so I'm not getting out of anything out of that this year unless I subscribe again or subscribe for someone else. So that credit was super frustrating to me because we had heard a lot about this digital entertainment credit, and there's so many things you can subscribe to and that would that would be useful for, and then it's just four things i don't know how they missed it with that and then the equinox credit like that's not even something that's available to most people i guess you could use some of the digital stuff that they do but like people across america yes equinox is a big gym but from what i know of it and from what i've heard from other people is it's crazy expensive this credit is going to do almost nothing to offset that and people in small town america aren't going to have an equinox gym so it's a useless benefit for them that just raises their annual fee. Overall, not a fan of these changes. Yeah, and I think we are mostly in agreement, Jeff. A uh, couple of my quick thoughts here, and I may go out of order. Like you said, the clear credit. It's not a $175 credit, right? Y- you might say that's a $100 perk. You can regularly get those uh, clear Memberships, annual memberships under $100. I believe high-tier Delta elites can get it as cheap as maybe 79 or 80 bucks a year. So that immediately uh, slashes that quote-unquote benefit by more than half. Um, again, the Audible New York Times Sirius XM monthly fee, let's not kid ourselves. Most people, especially in our space that are all about saving money um, and you know not overpaying for things they want, most of us do the, hey, I'm going to cancel, give me the best deal I can on Sirius XM. I know we have a subscription that's about 60 bucks a year. 
So while we could use this $20 a month credit, the only thing this is going to do is send more money to SiriusXM, right? Because instead of negotiating it down for a third of the price, I guess we're just going to, or a quarter of the price, we're just going to pay $240 a year by paying $20 monthly. That seems really, really, really crazy. And I've personally would value that credit at 60 bucks or less a year. Like you, Equinox, blah, uh, means nothing to me. It may to some in larger cities, but I feel like sometimes uh, rewards programs forget the vast majority of Americans do not live in major metropolitan areas. I know LA is huge, Chicago is huge, New York is huge, and a bunch of these other you know mid-sized cities are also large, but the vast majority of Americans live outside those major metropolitan areas. And sometimes these banks and rewards programs forget that. So I agree with you, the vast majority of Americans uh, cannot benefit from that program. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, negotiation for SiriusXM because when I saw this benefit, my first thought was, well, I need this in two cars so I can do it for $10 a month. Oh, that's not going to be as hard a negotiation. I know people get it for $5 a month with no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. So I thought, yeah, I can stop one step before I get to the lowest price. Exactly. Yeah. And one last note on the fine hotels and resorts. Uh, we can throw up a link uh, to uh, a review of that program in the show notes so you can read about it. Uh, Rick, one of our moderators over in Travel on Points, good friend of the podcast, he wrote a detailed review uh, specifically about how to use fine hotels and resorts in Las Vegas, but it's applicable anywhere. The one benefit of that program is that using fine hotels and resorts, you are entitled to your uh, elite status benefits through the hotel. So it's not a third-party booking. You will get, you know, if you're a Hyatt Globalist, you will get your Globalist benefits, and you should earn um, elite night stay credit and points and, again, all of your benefits. So Read up on that. Uh, check out the blog post we'll put in the show notes. I, tr I treat that as a full value $200 credit because uh, assuming you can get your uh, your elite status benefits in that booking, it's just like paying $200 a night for a hotel. So surely most everyone that has an Amex Platinum will do that once per year. So that's a good benefit. But again, would I trade $145 annual fee increase on a expensive card anyway for a $200 hotel credit? Nah. I mean, I guess it's good, but you're really just paying in advance for the same hotel. So overall, I think it's a wash, but honestly, it almost makes me sick to my stomach to think about paying a $700 annual fee. I just wish we could put that annual fee on another credit card to earn points with it. <laughs> Wouldn't that maybe be hit nice? a minimum spend on one of your other, <laughs> even if it's another Amex card, hit a minimum yeah. spend on a new card with the annual fee for crazy high annual fee. I do just want to hit on a couple other things that they've rolled into this announcement that, I mean, I guess they're benefits, they're calling them benefits, but one of them is they're more lounges in more places, and they're working with escape lounges. So 14 escape lounges across the U.S. are going to be rebranded as Centurion Studios, and we don't have too much information about that. I'm guessing that just means a smaller Centurion lounge that you won't be able to get into because it'll be full. But maybe, I don't know, who knows? And they've also rebranded or are working on rebranding all of their international American Express lounges are going to be converted into Centurion lounges. So I've been to a couple of those. I don't even know where in 
when I've been traveling internationally, but those will now become Centurion lounges. So maybe more limited as who could get in. I don't know who could get in before because I had the Platinum card and I could get in even if it was a Centurion lounge. So some updates on the lounges. Um, there's a premium private jet access that you'll be getting, which will be very, very few people using that. But it's up to 40% off a membership for the premium private jet program with wheels up. And you can get up to 2000 in initial year flight credits to book charter flights. Not going to get you too far with that program. But a little bit if, if you're already flying private jets. Probably not listening to our podcast if you are. But maybe. And then there's a benefit. They've partnered with Resi. And they say... This is one of those benefits that you read about, but you never really know how it's going to turn out. But they say that you will have access to some of the world's top restaurants, reservations at those places, and some premium events and perks at some of the world's top restaurants. And again, this is one that we don't know. We'll have to see how it shakes out. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be one table. Did you have to reserve eight months in advance? Who knows? Could be great. I mean, if you can do a last minute trip to a city and all of a sudden get a table at a restaurant that you wouldn't normally be able to, that would be a great benefit of the card for me. But like I said, we'll have to see how it turns out. Yep. And while we're talking about Amex, the Amex Platinum and some golds are offering um, membership rewards bonuses for adding an authorized user and spending a, a, a amount of money over a specific period of time. I know some people are getting 20,000 point offers for adding an AU and spending $2,000 in six months. I've also heard of uh, 10,000 point offers on MX Golds for adding an authorized user uh, and spending 2,000 in six months. So take a look in your accounts for those. If you have an AU that uh, is already over 524, it makes perfect sense to add them uh, to that card. You can hit the spend and then remove them shortly thereafter. Uh, and hopefully rinse and repeat in the future. So uh, keep an eye out for those. Also, there are still no lifetime language offers available uh, on business accounts for the business platinum up to $150,000 and the business gold up to $90,000. A lot of times these offers are uh, listed as uh, quote-unquote expand your membership, and those do include the no lifetime language, and you can uh, apply for those even if you currently hold the card and received a sign-up bonus in the last uh, few months. Uh, you are eligible, and you will probably be approved if you're otherwise eligible credit-wise. So uh, keep an eye out for those. And with those authorized user uh, bonus points for adding on your authorized users with the Platinum card, some people may be hesitant thinking about that because there is a $175 fee for adding one to three authorized users on the platinum card but what they don't tell you until you get into actually click the link to look at it is that you don't have to add a platinum authorized user they allow you to add a gold card authorized user for the lower fee and then i believe with the gold they allow you to add a green card sometimes as well so you can get a lower fee than what you would have if you needed to add on to that platinum card Nobody wants to be paying $695 annual fee and then another 175 to earn 20,000 points. Exactly. Yep. So an easy, free way 
to earn that those sign up bonuses for an authorized user and all you have to do is spend 2000 bucks on that card for 10 to 20,000 points it's an absolute no brainer if your potential authorized users are over 524 with that we will move to chase we always have to talk about it we'll do it quickly this week obviously the chase sapphire preferred 100,000 point offer for 4000 spend uh, continues that's great news because there's no sign of it ending as we move into July so that offer is around now absolute no-brainer if you are eligible under 524 currently do not have a sapphire product and haven't received a sapphire bonus in the prior 48 months if you do currently have a sapphire product but it's been 48 months or more since you received that sign up bonus just downgrade it to a freedom a freedom unlimited or a freedom flex wait about two weeks and then apply that is a uh, incredible offer. Uh, last note on the CSP, there is an in-branch offer at Chase Branches. You can get that annual fee waive plus a $50 credit by going in. Just evaluate uh, how much time and effort that takes you. Uh, if you think it's worth it to get that annual fee waived and the $50 credit, uh, go for it. Otherwise, support uh, your favorite blog or podcast and, uh, and give them a click for your next CSP. And Jeff, we still have that rumor about the 70,000-point Chase Sapphire Reserve offer. It's currently 60,000 uh, points at the present time for 4,000 spend in three months. But Dr. Credit last month reported a rumor it's going to 70,000 points in mid-July. There's been no official confirmation of that. We're still hoping it happens, but nothing official yet. So uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from that. But for now, the CSR remains at 60,000. I think even at 70,000, unless you are active duty military and get that annual fee waived, I would still go the CSP at 100K. 100% agree with you. That 100K offer on the Chase Sapphire Preferred, one of the best offers of all time. Highly recommend that people pick that up, especially if you're new to the game. Another card that we're recommending right now, and it's a card actually I just got because Derek uh, got me interested in it and I've seen some posts about it, is the Point Debit card, which we talked about last week. And I finally got mine in the mail over the past week. I'm working on my $1,000 spend to get the $100 bonus, or it's 10,000 points, but they're worth a penny a point when you redeem them. So it's a $100 bonus on a $1,000 spend. There is a $49 annual fee, but if you hit that bonus, you're already $51 positive. Right now I'm also working on, they have all sorts of little goals. This one is to put a charge each, of, each day for five days in a row and spend at least $200 total over those five days. And they're gonna give us 3,500 points. So that's another $35. It's very easy to rack up cash back with this card, and I'm quite, quite honestly, I'm pretty excited about it, excited that I have it. I saw that uh, I picked the same color, that nice uh, almost fluorescent orange that Sarah picked for her card. She just got one of those too. Yep, she opened it. I opened mine uh, about six weeks ago. I am, I've already covered the annual fee, as you mentioned, with the sign-up bonus, and I've made an additional about $150 on about, I don't know, $500 spend. The crazy thing about this is, Jeff, as you were mentioning, the th the current streak bonus for five swiping it five days in a row, spending 200 bucks, you get $35 back. You know, you're talking about there's there's times when you can get a over 20% bonus on your spend. The reason for that is you can stack their bonuses. Um, over Prime Day, they had 
10% cash back up to $50, so 5,000 points for spending at Amazon. So if you stack that with a streak bonus, you get I got $50 back at Amazon for 500 spend plus 35 back for uh, five days in a row. So $85 to spend, um, you know, 500 and, you know, like 50 bucks, not bad at all great return on investment. Again, it's kind of like the built card we talked about last week and uh, we were discussing with Richard in today's episode. It's not a card you want to go out, you know, and put thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on, but spend, you know, five to 10 minutes a week mapping out your strategy and you can, you know, I'm guessing we can all make, you know, $200 plus a month on limited spend. Pretty good. Yeah, definitely a card worth having, definitely not your primary spend card. Simple as that. Yep. Good thing is, yep, good thing is, doesn't doesn't count towards 524 because it is a debit card. There is no hard pull, so everyone should be eligible. It won't affect you opening up any additional Chase cards. We do have a link for that in the show notes and on our credit cards and affiliates page on milesandpints.com. So after you hear the podcast, if you're interested in going that and supporting the show, uh, you can uh, run over there, use Jeff's link, and make yourself a $100 bonus and then get going on these streaks. So, And with that, Jeff, that is all we have for the credit card updates. Let's move on to hotels. Yeah, and there's a big announcement from Hilton just a day or two ago. Through the end of 2021, they are dropping free breakfast. And we had heard about this and saw it coming, and it's an official now but they are instead including a daily food and beverage credit for elites. This is for people who would be getting breakfast with their stays. And the credit is, I mean, I guess it's going to depend where you stay. It's valid for a maximum of two guests per room. So if you're traveling with a family of four, you're already in trouble there. That was, I mean, that was something that you kind of had to talk them into for breakfast anyway, but usually they would say, yeah, go ahead. The kids can eat too but I don't know that they'll do that with this credit. The value at their top-tier hotels is going to be $25 per day. Their mid-tier hotels, $12 per day. And the Hilton Garden Inn all by itself on the bottom at $10 per day. And that's per person, so you get double that if you're doing the two people per room. So maybe you can get breakfast for that. Maybe you don't want to have breakfast. When I'm traveling, a lot of times I like to get a local breakfast and grab an espresso and something outside of the hotel. So this may actually work better for me. But a lot of people are going to be pretty unhappy about this. Yeah, I think, Jeff, this is perfectly described um, by your mileage may vary, right? Everyone sort of, I hope we can all agree to disagree on this. Some people think the sky is falling. Some people think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I I will try and quickly go through the positives and the negatives as I see them. The positives, it's no longer tied to breakfast. Maybe you like to sleep late. Uh, maybe uh, you come in early in the morning and need to sleep all, all day until the afternoon. You don't have time for breakfast. Maybe you're not a breakfast person. Also, maybe you like local breakfast, as, as you mentioned. We're going from free breakfast to a daily food and beverage credit. If you're staying at a Waldorf Astoria, you can decide to get $50 worth of drinks or lunch or dinner, uh, uh, you know, poolside or at your room throughout the day rather than just going uh, for a quick breakfast, uh, you know, typically between the hours of 6 and 10 a.m. I see that as a major positive. The negatives. Well, before I go to the negatives, one other one. 
you typically, even if you're traveling single, you can, you can put in, you know, it's the same rate in a hotel room, almost always, at least in the United States where this is limited to, uh, a room is the same price for one or two. If you put in two, your credit doubles. Most people aren't, you know, at a Waldorf or Conrad, um, and those luxury properties, they aren't spending $50 a day for one person's breakfast, but you'll get it when you have two guests in the room, even if you're traveling as a single person. So all of a sudden, rather than free breakfast for you becomes $50 of food and beverage uh, daily, you know, $24 at the mid tier. Again, that should be more than enough to cover breakfast for one person. Obviously the negatives of this, Jeff, as you allude to families, people that really, really, really count on, you know, quote unquote, free breakfast, like a full breakfast, um, to really subsidize their, their travels. This is going to hurt. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. You know, if you have a family of four or five and you're, and you know, you love double trees or curio collections or regular Hilton's and you know, you're, you, you've had success in getting free breakfast for all four or five of you, $24 a day isn't going to cut it. Um, I would probably recommend in that case, you use the $24 a day for something else outside of breakfast hours and go to, um, go to a local place, go pick up a local place, do a Grubhub delivery, an Uber Eats delivery, something like that for breakfast. I think kind of lost in the discussion, Jeff, uh, and I always try and point it out to people and travel on points. Let's not forget that aside from the crazy prices for hotel breakfasts, breakfast is generally, and by generally I mean almost always, the absolute cheapest meal of the day. Um, it doesn't cost much to give you a slice of toast and, you know, a fried egg. So uh, you may want to look at using those credits somewhere else uh, rather than paying, you know, 40 bucks a person for your room service, eggs and sausage. Just go to a local place or do a Uber Eats Grubhub credit and burn some other credit card credits and get, you know, a family of four breakfast for less than it would cost for one of these super overpriced breakfast at a luxury resort. And it also doesn't cost that much for donuts or pastries at a local pastry shop or bakery, which is where I'm having my breakfast when I travel. Yep, great point. One thing that I think is interesting about this, they sent out an email with a little chart about the money that you get at each of the hotels. And those mid-tier hotels, it's the 12 per day or 24 for two people, but then they raise it up to 15 per day and $30 per day in select markets, which they say are Boston, Chicago, District of Columbia, New York City, San Francisco, the County of Los Angeles, and the state of Hawaii. So I guess those are the most expensive places, but why are they only more expensive at the mid-tier hotels? Why isn't there a higher number for the Hilton Garden Inn? Why isn't there a higher number for the luxury hotels? I don't, like, I don't know. They're like... <laughs> We know this isn't going to cut it, so we'll give you a little bit more here, but you can still get a juice at the Waldorf Astoria, so we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, seems a little sneaky to me, a little sneaky math. I do think it's important to point out, again, this is only at U.S. properties currently, and it's currently only slated to be in, in place until the end of this year. December 31st, 2021. However, Jeff, as we all know, these quote-unquote program enhancements that they're always called, once they roll out, they typically come up with a reason to explain why they're the, the greatest thing since sliced bread and why they should remain a permanent fixture. 
Oh, I fully expect an email towards the end of the year about how much customers love this daily food and beverage credit and how many more took advantage of it than the breakfast and how everyone thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread and they're, they've decided to roll it out and continue it in the U.S. and maybe even worldwide. I would not at all be shocked to see that come out towards the end of the year. And just remember, listeners, that was straight out of the mouth of Jeff who correctly predicted that a higher offer was coming for the CSP about a week before it happened with no inside knowledge. So when he says this is probably going to be permanent, go ahead and scratch it down. It's Pencil it in. It's probably going to happen. Yeah, it's not always the good things I can guess at. Sometimes <laughs> it's the bad. Exactly. With that, let's move on to the airlines. A lot of it kind of rolling in travel-related news to the airline news, Jeff. First, let's talk about United with some really good news. United placed their largest ever order for airplanes. They placed an order with Airbus and Boeing for 270 new aircraft this week. Yeah, and I saw someone, I, I actually chuckled because uh, someone on Twitter, I think it was, said, and these are for real airplanes. These aren't for the supersonic one that doesn't have an engine yet, <laughs> and it isn't for the, the variable landing helicopter-like ones. These are actual real airplanes that they're going to buy and going to fly. So I, I chuckled a little bit at that, but it is a major order. It's the largest order ever for United. They've committed to 270 new aircraft. They also have committed to update the interiors on their entire mainline fleet. They expect 66% of those updates to be done by 2023 and 100% by 2025. And here's what they're doing, which three years ago people would have said, this is crazy, why would they do that? But they're going to put seat back entertainment in all of the seats, even in economy which is something that airlines were stripping out and stripping out and stripping out. And apparently now they've realized, wait, customers actually like this and they want this. So they're expanding their seat back entertainment. They're going to have screens for everyone. They're going to have power at every seat. And one of the coolest features that was buried in that announcement that uh, I noticed is that they will have Bluetooth connectivity for headphones for so you don't have to plug in to your seatback entertainment anymore. You can connect to your Bose or whatever type of headphones that you have that are Bluetooth headphones when you're flying. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, great, great news about the enhancements to the airplanes and these new seats, especially in business class. M more importantly to me, Jeff, as an av geek and as a uh, lover of all things travel, this is great that we're seeing such a large order um, I mean, people love to hate on United, but I think that they've already turned a profit now, I saw this week, uh, coming out uh, coming out of COVID. Now they're placing an order for 270 aircraft. I think this is the first sure sign that travel is booming. Uh, the airlines are acknowledging it. Hey, we're already making a profit again. And oh, by the way, we need a lot of larger planes. One of the pieces of this announcement was that these newer, uh, larger um, Boeing Max 8s and the Airbus, uh, they're going to replace a lot of those regional jets. And uh, United's reasoning was, hey, we can keep the same number of flights, but we're now going to be flying 150 to 180 seats instead of these 50-seat regional jets. So uh, it's, a, it's a very strong statement that uh, travel is back. 
they're making a profit and they anticipate uh, demand is going to continue to skyrocket into the future. So for those of us that love travel, this is absolute great news. But Jeff, there was also a lot of bad news and it's still ongoing this week. Southwest has canceled hundreds and hundreds of flights last weekend uh, due to weather and lack of staff. I heard overnight uh, on Twitter that they are uh, basically begging employees to work extra shifts, offering them various incentives to work extra shifts this weekend so they don't have to cancel more flights. On a holiday weekend, when people have plans and want to enjoy their time off work, that's the last thing you want to see. It's funny because when I saw this United news about the 270 new aircraft, because of what we've seen with American Air and with Southwest canceling so many flights due to lack of staff, my first thought about the United news was... I hope they hire some more pilots too, because it's it's been a problem. It's been a problem with many airlines. They are ramping back up with their flights, but they, and I don't fully understand the logistics of it, but it seems like if you're going to start scheduling a lot more flights, you would only do that if you have people to fly the planes. But they seem to have scheduled the flights first and then realized, oh, wait, we don't have enough people to staff this. So... I don't know. Hopefully it will get better. Hopefully it will not get worse, but we're seeing a whole mess of travel this summer. And I guess that that brings us into our our next thing, which is basically U.S. travel seems to be a big mess. Expect delays, expect problems, expect long lines if you're traveling domestically this year, uh, this summer within the U.S., we're seeing long lines at airports, at, at baggage security, for car rentals, crowded parks. There's a ton of misbehaving passengers. Don't be one of them. You may be stressed. You may be excited to get to your destination and have a delay. Everything may be going wrong for you. Remember that these airline and airport employees are trying their best. These hotel employees are trying their best. They're working and they're putting up with so many passengers who may be cranky. Don't be another one of those passengers. Yeah, and I would echo those sentiments and say the last point on the busyness of travel is this week's public service announcement. When you book a flight, especially now, uh, with travel being so crazy and so many things happening, do not book a flight and wait until it's time to check in without ever going back and looking at it. You may find 24 hours before your flight that it was canceled weeks or months before and you didn't receive notification or that you've had significant delays and the the routing is either uh not possible for you or has significant delays or different days. You may have already, you know, missed your flight, those type of things. Delays are happening. Cancellations are happening constantly. And unfortunately, the airlines are so busy, a lot of times timely notification is not going out at all. Um, check-in reminders aren't going out at all. I'm seeing data points of people booking a flight, not do, not thinking about it, and it gets moved a day or two. They missed their flight and didn't even know because they didn't check it. Don't let that happen to you. you got to be proactive right now because the airlines are completely swamped. Um, I was spending time with Rick um, from Travel on Points last weekend. He booked a Delta flight, and within three days, I believe it had changed two or three times. I mean, that's just what's happening right now. Schedules are constantly being reworked to avoid cancellations. Uh, they're just rerouting you so they can cancel flights, but you're not, you know, 
stranded at the last moment due to uh, shortages and things like that. So book a flight, regularly check it, maybe put a calendar alert to check it every week or two, check it a week before your flight, make sure you have a flight, you know what time it's taken off, and be proactive in case things change. Uh, Call the airlines and get the flight you want. And just a personal experience on that note, my wife is coming home from Peru. I'm going to pick her up at the airport a couple hours after we record this. So she, for this flight home, we had booked an award ticket quite a long time out, hoping that she would be able to go on this trip. And it changed. I can't even tell you how many times. I was on the phone with United four or five different times because it changed and it would change by the day. It was actually canceled twice. And we called, and it turned out the original day she wanted to get home, that flight was canceled that day. And I was like, well, how else can we route her home? And she, the agent was like, well, can you go the next day? I was like, yeah, but that flight doesn't exist anymore. And she said, no, no, it was just canceled on that day. And I was like, okay. So I booked her for the flights overnight last night and then into D.C. this morning. And then a couple weeks later, we got a notification that that was canceled. So I looked it up, and sure enough, they're still selling that flight. So I called and had to get her put back on that flight. And they said, oh, yeah, it shows that you canceled the flight. I was like, no, I never canceled the flight. So it's a whole mess. She ended up, she got to the airport yesterday. Her flight was delayed about an hour and a half. That still gave her, gave her enough time to connect in Houston this morning. But when I got a text from her earlier today, she was like, oh, yeah, I get in at 2 today instead of 1.30, just so you know. So apparently that flight's delayed a little bit, too. Her first flight that she took from Cusco to Lima, she texted me when she got to Lima and said, I've only done the little flight and I already hate everyone. So (laughs) travel not going the best for her. There was a crazy long line to get into the lounge in Lima. She's just excited to get home and get some sleep. But it's going to be stressful. And this is, I mean, my wife has traveled to... 40 some odd countries. We travel multiple times a year. She is not a an inexperienced traveler and she was already stressed out on her flight home. So be careful. Make sure you're staying friendly and keep an eye on those reservations. I think it's Gary Left that says, garden your reservations. Take a look at them. Make sure you pay attention. And that's all we have for updates this week. It has been an interesting week with a couple of big updates. That Platinum Card annual fee is only going to go up, up, up in the future, I think. So I guess make sure you can use it like a coupon book and get your value out of it if you're going to keep that card or if you're going to get that card. And we will see you next week with some more updates of the travel and credit cards world. Well, we hope you had as much fun listening to Richard as we did talking to him. With what we know of Richard and his background in the points world, we are pretty sure that any company he decided to join had to be coming out with something good. Built rewards certainly didn't disappoint. If you rent your home here in the U.S., there's really no reason not to join, unless you hate earning free points. And if you hate earning free points, please keep listening to the podcast so we can hopefully change your mind. All of the important points and links for things we talked about during our conversation will be in the show notes, so you can pick up anything that you missed the first time through. The easiest place to find those notes is at milesandpints.com. Thanks so much for listening to Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can hear all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. Tell your friends and family about us so they can enjoy the show too. And please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. 
In between episodes, you can get more travel and beer content by following at Miles and Pints on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash milesandpints. And that's all we have for this episode. Until next time, we hope you'll find yourselves a little bit of travel, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of fun. Good.